Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Well, very pleasant. Good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome into Life Planning 101 on KETX KWI. Glad to have you along and glad to have Angela Kennedy Robinson along. And Angela, we have a guest this morning. Yes, uh, we have a wonderful guest, a good friend and uh, someone that I have uh, gotten to know over the last uh, several years. And I mean, just a guy that has a heart of gold and he is so passionate about being in the industry that we are in with planning and uh, it is truly an honor to have him with us here this morning he's been in business for over 39 years in this industry and he's still i think as passionate as he probably was day one so uh, we we have a, a ball of fire on the line with us which i'm i'm really excited about it but i want to ask you a question terry what do you think is the absolute best thing that, that you're going to be guaranteed about being an entrepreneur the best thing you're going to be guaranteed, well, I guess freedom of time. Ah, uh, yeah. Freedom of time. Yep. Freedom, pride, maybe, and sometimes money. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully money, but that doesn't always work out, which is why we bring Jim Farmer on the show with us this morning. He's a managing partner with FSG, and his, actually, his son is in business. He's a family business like us, and uh, he's always coming up with such wonderful ideas, and he actually got published in Forbes. And it's a two-piece, two-part section. And I saw this piece come out. And I said, Jim, I said, would you please, 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 please come on our show with us um, and talk about this? Because it's absolutely phenomenal. He, at one time, he was the vice president of Wachovia Securities and Prudential Securities uh, and helped gr- lay the groundwork for the nationwide business and estate planning program. Wow. So this is a guy that really knows his stuff. And for him to be on Live Planning 101, I tell you what, we got quite the treat this morning. And uh, he's going to be telling us, so as I was reading through here, about how to have $500,000 of income in retirement with a 6% effective tax rate. Wow. Yeah. How about them apples, right? So, uh, Jim, are you with us this morning? I sure am. Yes. I, I got to say this. You missed your calling. <laughs> you, you should be doing this full time. <laughs> oh, well, I, I absolutely love uh, doing this show. It's so much fun. Um, you know, and and I actually uh, have to tell on myself, last week my husband was in the grocery store. Someone saw him and said, oh, your wife, she's the one that does those shows. She's quite the entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I thought entertainer. That's something I haven't been called before. So <laughs> add that to my resume. But I uh, Thank you, Jim. And we're so happy to have you on. And uh, I know you've got a good little uh, teaser about what you're going to talk to us about and get into the guts later on in the show. But, you know, I think you mentioned something to me in response to doing this about how much of an impact y'all have actually made with talking about this with people in the last several months. And, you know, where is that coming from? What's happening there? Well, I, I think part of it is, is that I'm, I'm talking about trying to lower your tax bracket at retirement. And as financial advisors, everyone's running around, you know, trying to lower everybody's fees. But the truth is, the worst fee is the taxes. And with what's going on in Washington, we're all worried, you know, to death about having to pay more taxes. And we're, I think we're being fooled a little bit on what people's tax brackets are and how much we're really going to have to pay down the line. So 
we're focusing in on building a team of people that help um, lower your tax bracket in retirement. And our overall goal is to get people below 10%. And we're, we're having really good success on high-income people, which you normally would think would have no, no chance at all. And uh, it's fun. I guess that's my elevator um, speech for yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, and I think it's so true. I was visiting with a couple earlier this year, and um, we were looking at these probably going to be entered into a forced retirement this year. And, you know, the biggest threat to them is taxes. If yeah. If tax rates go up, it could blow up everything. And I think it's so important now to be thinking about what this really means. So, Jim, we are excited to have you on the show. Can't wait to hear from you after the break on what you're doing to keep people with $500,000 of income at a 6% tax bracket. Welcome back, Life Planning 101. We have a great guest with us. He's going to share lots of information. Angela? Yes, uh, so happy to have Mr. Jim Farmer. And uh, his name implies something very special to him as well. Even though he uh, he resides in a big city, you know, he grew up on a farm and uh, he knows our agriculture well. And so we hit it off from the very beginning and working to, you know, working together and being able to learn from each other. And, you know, we're just so honored to have you on the show, Jim. And these articles, that you got published in Forbes. They're just great. How to lower your tax bracket in retirement. And the second one was adding the sale of a business with that. So there's a lot of information here and I don't want to waste any more time. I want to know from you, what are you doing? How are you doing this? <laughs> well, what we're doing is very similar to estate planning. And we kind of, you know, in those days we would do a really good fact finder and then come up with all kinds of strategies on how to pay no estate tax when you die and now we're focusing in on your retirement income and we think there's a huge problem i mean in the old days it was really easy to lower your tax bracket you put 30 to 40 percent of your money into tax-free bonds the rest of it went into equities with the idea that would cover inflation and then the tax-free bonds would give you income and that was your tax-free income because bonds were paying five six I can remember when they were up in the eight percent range, but no, that been in the business anymore. for a while. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we don't talk about inflation too much, so that isn't the big issue that it was um, twenty years ago. And municipal bonds are down; you know, the yield so low that it really doesn't accomplish lowering your tax bracket. And when you look at people's portfolios, they have a lot of qualified money, and they have marketable securities, but they don't have a good tax-free bucket anymore. And they really are just told, okay, well, you know, with these assets, you're going to have to pay a lot of tax. And that's kind of the assumption. And we're kind of saying, hey, there's ways to get tax-free income in today's world. And muni bonds, of course, would be in that category, but um, we're looking a lot at Roth IRAs, and we're showing people how to convert Roth, um, their IRAs to a Roth and their 401ks to a Roth without having to pay the tax up front. Which is I think that's been a whole interesting part of it. And then we're also um, utilizing um, life insurance. Life insurance has phenomenal tax breaks in it, but sometimes it has a lot of fees. Yes. And so we're using an institutionally priced um, product that has um, much, much lower fees, and it's the same kind of thing that General Motors buys and all their key executives. And it really acts like an investment. doesn't have any surrender penalties or, or anything. But 
all the um, income coming off of it comes out tax-free. And so that's another tax-free bucket. And then we're using charitable giving ideas. And all the uh, charitable giving ideas have been around since the 60s. But most people don't realize that if you bring charity into the mix, we could create some tax breaks. Yeah. And uh, so we combine Roth IRAs, the institutional life insurance, and charitable giving. All of a sudden, the tax brackets go down, 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 down. And um, that's kind of what we're focusing on. That's impressive. You know, I think so so many people are wrapped up in the investment itself. I got to go find the investment. And really, a lot of times it's that chassis. You can't get good gas mileage if you're driving a diesel truck. It's just not going to happen, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, if you're always looking towards the brokerage as an answer, it just doesn't work that way, especially, as you mentioned, in in today's interest rate environment. That's amazing. You know, you mentioned charity. I I know uh, a lot of people we we work with, you know, one of the questions we ask is, do you have any charitable inclinations? And, And the answer I get is usually, no, no major ones. And then when you ask, would you you have any charitable inclinations if you didn't disinherit your kids or change your lifestyle the answer is much different so <laughs> yeah so is it i guess in this case is it just a matter of of whether you're choosing to pay the irs or paying something that you care about well it's even um kind of nice it's usually what you think is i'm going to give money to charity and if i do that i'm never going to get it back but there are ways to give to charity and get things back right away right um or in the future and um the interest rate environment we're in creates different tax deductions that were available five ten years ago the tax deductions now are higher and that's something that um we don't hear that i can do more tax deductions than before that doesn't happen very often and would you like me to explain one of them that we're doing yeah that would be awesome i think our listeners would love that so there's something called the Charitable Lead Trust, and the way this works is you put money into it. I'm just going to use an example. A million dollars goes into the Lead Trust, and let's say you're a 50-year-old. We might design that for uh, 20 years of payments to charity, and what we have to do is we give 5% a year to charity. So in this example, $50,000 a year goes to charity. Sometimes we give it directly to charity, and sometimes we put it into what's called the Donor Advised Fund which would be a, a place that is actually just growing and creating a little, a little charitable account for you in your future. And at the end of the period, the money goes back to you. And what we tend to do is fund that with that institutional life insurance policy. And what, as long as we earn 5% or more, um, just to let you know the investments in there are 80 different mutual funds, the big name funds. It looks just like your 401k plan. So there's American funds and BlackRock and you know, Lazar and PIMCO and just a lot of big-name funds, just like your 401K might look. And if it does better than 5%, we're going to get more money when it comes out on the back end. And in, let's just say it earns seven. Um, we'd probably end up with about a million and a half. But all that money is available for tax-free income. So we've now created a million-and-a-half-dollar bucket. Now, up front, we put a million dollars in, we're going to get a $950,000 tax deduction all up front wow so let me and guess let me guess Roth yeah. conversion <laughs> so exactly so we're, what we're going to do is now we're going to convert a million dollars of Roth money I mean IRAs to a Roth and then that'll grow to a little over two million in 15 years tax-free tax-free bucket again yeah 
So between the two, we now have a three and a half million dollar tax free bucket. And I guess it's just and, what your opinion is. Maybe maybe you don't think that the trillions of dollars being pumped into you know our our whole economy right now means lower taxes in the future. <laughs> right. Well, but it's interesting. So if you listen to Washington, I'm not trying to pick up politics by saying just saying Washington. They're saying people four hundred thousand dollars and above are going to have to pay tax. And the definition of a one percenter is at five hundred thousand. So we're, you know, they're basically saying the top three percent of America is going to have to pay a lot more taxes. But they have low brackets on the other end, so they don't want the people below four hundred thousand to pay a lot of tax. They want everything to be paid for by everybody above that three percent. Right. Kind of line. So if you take 150000 of income off of ordinary income, which might be your Social Security and some IRA money, things like that, the tax on that's only about $11,000. And then, um, well, it's about, no, it's about 15000 And then if you do the same thing with capital gains tax on the low level on 150000 the tax on that's about 25000 So on the first 300000 of income, we're at $40,000 of tax. If I can pull 200000 off of those tax-free buckets that we just created, that $3.5 million, I can now have 500000 of income, and my total tax bill is 40000 That's In impressive. that example, it's 8%. That's impressive. That is your tax bracket. And all we're doing is taking advantage of the lower tax brackets. We're taking advantage of a charitable giving idea that creates a huge tax deduction. That allows us to convert your IRA 401k to a Roth, and then inside the charitable trust, while it's growing, we're creating another tax-free bucket, and all of a sudden, we're down to 8% bracket. And if you, if you look at that retirement person you were talking about, the early retirement, mm-hmm. if you put into their futuristic projections an 8% bracket versus a 30, their picture will look 10 times better. Oh, yeah. And... Um, you know, it gives people more secure retirement. It gives them a lot more flexibility. It usually means the kids are going to get more money in the end. Absolutely. Most of us don't always spend more money. We just spend what we would have anyway. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it gives you more security, and it also gives you um, more money eventually for the kids. Yes. So as author Alan Lakin says, he says, planning is bringing the future into the present so that you can do something about it now. Sounds like you need to act now, right? Yes. (laughs) Well, when we come back, we're excited. Uh, Jim Farmer, we're going to have part two, adding the sell of a business to retire and keeping that bracket low. You're not going to want to miss it right here on Life Planning 101. Final segment, Life Planning 101. I'm not going to take any more time. I'm going to give it back to Angela. Yes, I know. It's some good stuff. We have Mr. Jim Farmer, a Forbes Councils member, and actually wrote uh, an incredible two-part article about how to lower your tax bracket in retirement, even for people over half a million dollars of income in retirement. Normally, that would be an astronomical bill. And if you miss the second segment of the show, you have to go back and listen to it. It's absolutely incredible. And we're going to be talking more about some of those strategies, but we're going to be talking about adding the sale of a business when you retire. And I think for business owners, that's always dreaded because the first thing they think of is how much is Uncle Sam going to get out of that deal. So, Jim, with no further ado, uh, thanks again for being on the show and uh, sharing with us your wisdom. Thank you. So it's funny that 
if we say we want to lower someone's tax bracket, we can't just say this will work for everybody because it depends on where their assets are. You can have the same net worth as one person, and if it's all in IRAs, you're going to have to do something different than if it's all in um, real estate. But a, a really common problem is a lot of your net worth is in a business. Yes. And how do you sell your business and not end up paying a lot of taxes and then, of course, pay a lot of taxes when you're retired after you sell your business? And so um, we've come up with a kind of a lower your tax bracket strategy Again, for the person that has a lot of their money in the business that wants to transition out in, um, you know, five to ten years type of horizon. And it kind of um, says don't wait until you get old or someone comes along and makes you an offer or, you know, you get sick and then all of a sudden you want to get out. Right. If you do that, typically most businesses don't have their books in order. No. And that causes a huge problem. And the reason for that is, is that you can really be creative on tax planning, income tax planning, when you own a business. Yes. And you can make yourself look pretty broke. <laughs> and when it comes to selling your business, that's not what you want. You want to be able to look at, you know, it's a successful business. And they usually go back three to five years. So well, our big difference is, is we want to get hold of the the uh, business owner at least five years before they want to retire or sell the business. And we want to work with their CPA and the bank and help them get their books in the best shape possible. Because if you wait till the last second and go back three to five years, there's nothing you can do to correct the past. So you need to get ahead of that. The second thing is, is that many times they want to sell their business to their children or key employees. And if you do that, they can't typically afford to buy you out. They don't have the money. And so we call this idea of making them bankable and give them enough money to put down about a 20% down payment. And so if you think about a 55-year-old with a 25-year-old son or daughter, maybe we would say to them, okay, I'm going to retire in 10 years. And if you do, let's say I want to sell my business for $5 million. If you do, I will, um, if you're still here and everything's going well, I'm going to bonus you a million and a half dollars in 10 years, and you're going to use that to buy me out. And th that would be a promise. That's called non-qualified deferred compensation or a golden handcuff. Or, so if the son doesn't uh, want to stay, then he's walking away from that potential bonus in the future. And we fund... This gets a little complicated, but we fund the um, the promise. The father puts away money outside of the company, and eventually the money, you know, he'll have a million and a half saved up in, in the 10-year period. We'll build a program to do that effectively. And we use that institutional life insurance, which is a it's designed for corporations to buy it, but you don't have to be a corporation. And again, the fees are really low, and it's all tax-favored. And so 10 years jumps ahead, his books are in good order, the bank is all in agreement that the books look good, that's an important part because what we want to do is have the son buy him completely out. And so he's going to get bonus a million and a half dollars, that's going to be the first tax break that the father's going to get, he's going to get the tax deduct, the bonus. Now the son's going to have to pay tax on it, so he'll net about a million, 
and that will become the down payment on the $5 million buyout. The bankers already in agreement, so the bank's going to lend the $5 million, and now the son's going to own the company outright, and the father's going to have the full $5 million, and we don't have to worry about the son failing and um, him losing all of his money. We are, um, when he puts that million and a half into the company, his cost basis is going to go up. So he's going to pay less capital gains tax on that sale of the business. So that's the first thing we do. And the and second thing we do... And it's a do, single tax. Is it, if I'm oh, hearing yeah. this right, it's taxed once rather than twice. Right. It got double dipped. Yeah. Double dipped. Yep. <laughs> you got the income tax deduction, and then you got a higher cost basis. And then when he sells the company, we're going to pay the money back to the life insurance policy, and he's going to take tax-free income off that. And so when we're all done, our goal, again, is to get that person below 10% when he retires on that $5 million of cash. And they'll be able to buy the, sell the company for an outright sale instead of an installment sale, and for the son to completely own the company and not have to worry about, you know, mom and dad hounding them and saying you're not doing a good job. So uh, it takes a few years to get it all work, but uh, we find it it's received really, really well. And more importantly, it's not for what everyone does. Everyone waits, and then when it happens, they get you know they get their buyout, but it's probably as much as 50% less than it should. Oh, sure. If you, especially if you get yeah. taxes wrapped up in there and you know, I hear oh, people yeah. all the time say, well, I'll, I'll just owner finance. I'll just owner finance. And, and I can't tell you how many times people have come to us as a introduction after a sale. And we've watched that owner financing fall apart seven, eight years into the deal. And mm-hmm. it's devastating. It's devastating for both parties because had they had the money maybe a little bit different, it could have done things a little different. And then, you know, as the retiree, that was what, what they were banking on was, you know, if you, you've been a business owner, you know this. You've probably lived broke until you retire. That's, <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be, you know, with, with your if you're that true entrepreneur. Right. I don't know about that, but that's what happens. And I, I saw in here, you know, I think this is really important. That, you know, basically you're recreating the installment sale uh, through a third party, too, um, which is really interesting. Yeah, there's, there's a way to do it where you can spread your tax out over a 10, 20-year period and not do it through your key employees or your children. Yeah, You can do it with a third party and it'll be fully guaranteed. Um, but the nice thing about that is it spreads your, your tax out over that period of time. And, and you're getting to take advantage of those low brackets. You sell the company all in one year and pay the tax in one year. You only get the low brackets once. Yeah. We do it over twenty years. We get it twenty times. Yeah. Big difference in the income brackets. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, Jim, we are out of time. Um, we're going to have to have you back on. Absolutely. Um, we are just so excited to have you as a partner, friend, um, and the ability to be able to piggyback off of your wisdom and uh, that you've you've gained throughout the years. So, thank you for being on the show. My with pleasure. Us. My pleasure. Enjoyed it. Thanks, yes. Angela. And uh, thank all of our listeners at Life Planning One Hundred and One. We hope to have you on next week so you can hear from us and uh, be able to learn a little bit more in regard to taxes. It is tax season, so we're hitting it hot and heavy. You don't want to miss it on Life Planning 101. 
Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services Incorporated is an independent of Calton & Associates Incorporated and Smart Money Group, LLC.